important thing in business is honesty. Integrity, hard work. Family. Never forgetting where we came from. Thank you, Sean. See, you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. You've got nothing going on between your ears, bro. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. In keeping with our daily series, the lockdown series, I'm speaking to today's guest, UFC's own John Matdesi. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Excellent. Now, I, I, I know that we were speaking uh, off air. You were talking about you're actually doing this interview whilst on the treadmill. What's that all about? You, you, you're trying to fit in as much as you can uh, between the hours of the days. What, what's going on? Well, you know, uh, obviously, anyone that knows me, uh, I dedicated my life to training, martial arts, you know, healthy lifestyle, fitness, staying strong. Uh, you know, every day I wake up early in the morning, I, my, my ritual, my routine is I have a, a nice breakfast, a nice meal, and then I go on the treadmill. I'll, I'll do an incline, uh, 60 to 90 minutes, just walking. It's a very good meditation. You know, it's, you break a good sweat. It's a good to build endurance and also burns calories. That's pretty incredible. It's good that you're actually squeezing that in in the, in the 24 hours that obviously we're all allotted. Speaking of which, how are you holding up under lockdown? What, what's, um, what's the protocol where you are? Well, actually, uh, if you're familiar with Canada, Montreal is actually one of the... Apparently, you know, when you listen to the news, it's, it's one of the highest cases. So where I'm living right now in Quebec, Montreal, it's a high... There's a lot of cases, so I'm not really familiar. I, I don't really know what's going on, but in my personal circle, my small circle, uh, everybody's healthy. So my parent, my mother, I'm very close to my mother, my father, my uh, immediate family. So everybody's healthy. So, you know, thank God with that. Uh, but I'm actually waiting for a knee surgery. I got injured in my last training camp, and during the fight, I tore 80% of my ACL, Wow. Uh, my meniscus, and my MCL. So that sounds pretty severe. How long does that mean that you're going to be out of action for? Uh, I mean, you know, it's not the it's not it's not, it's not the biggest adversity. You know, I face a lot of adversities. Uh, I was talking to my manager, Mitch uh, Mayberger. He was uh, a longtime friend of mine, and uh, he helps me with the he helps me managing my fighting career. I'm I'm trying to aim. You know, I mean, I I really don't know. I don't know exactly the. How long is it going to take? But I'm hoping, you know, with a strong mindset, I want to try to get back within the five, six months. Yeah, so doctors right now, they're saying that apparently for an eight, this is my first time I'm doing a knee surgery. So it's the first experience for me. So yeah. I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I can get recovery fast. Right now with the lockdown going on, it's kind of delaying the process. So it's kind of frustrating, but, you know, it's life. Things, some things don't always go the way you plan them to go. That, that I definitely hear. And, and it sounds like you are actually chomping at the bit. You can't wait to get back. Just on that note, though, 
um, Nazrat Hakparast, I know, was very, very keen to um, to face you. In in all of this, is that still an opponent that um, appeals to you? Because he is very keen on you. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I'm a, I have a well-established name. You know, for him, for him, he wants to fight a veteran, which makes sense. Nazrat, you know, he can he can get it if he wants. You know, I have a lot of guys calling me out. Uh, I won 55 division, so I mean, the thing, is, the funny part is about this kid was, you know, uh, people don't know, you know, he was, uh, he came to TriStar, I welcomed him in, uh, you know, he was one of my sparring partners, and uh, it's very interesting how, you know, it's funny, it's just funny how, how the fighting business, how people, they, they forget, they don't have loyalty, there's no more, the honor code, people don't understand about, you know, about the honor codes, but you know that's 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 on his that's on his end. Uh, you know I was supposed to fight him. He didn't he didn't show up when I was supposed to fight him. So he can have it. I mean I told him all the time. Uh, at the end of the day, all the talking on Twitter, all the talking on social media. At the end of the day, it's all about the UFC sending me the contract. You know I uh, <clears throat> I never backed down from any opponent. I had I fought big 155ers. You know I fought tough opponents. I fought Donald Cerrone at a two weeks notice. I fought guys with injuries. Um, I traveled across the world through, you know, I fought in Brazil. I, uh, under the whole COVID-19, mm. also with a, knee with a knee injury. And also, if you look at the scorecard, if you look at the scorecard in my last performance, it wasn't the best performance, but I was injured in the fight. So ah. I had to play defense. And I was very defensive because I wasn't feeling good. You know, and anybody that, you know, both my leg was, uh, during the fight, I felt a pop and a crack. So I had to stay, stay on my defense. And if you look at the numbers, I outstrike the guy. But it's not the first time, it's not the first time that I get, you know, it's not the first time the judges give it to the other guy. You're right. And um, that kind of like neatly segues into, well, two things. First off, you have experience now of actually um, competing under COVID-19 conditions, i.e. no crowd. I see you looking at that fight, and I'm glad you cleared it up in terms of you were actually carrying an injury there. But in terms of that fight, I had it in my head that the lack of a crowd atmosphere, the lack of crowd buzz, the lack of crowd encouragement was one of the defining factors for that. Did that indeed play anything in terms of the outcome of that fight? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I won't lie to you. It's a very scary feeling, you know. Um, it's a scary, it's a scary feeling. Why? Because it's something new. Um, during I was in Arizona, Phoenix. I was I connected with with the MMA lab, right? And uh, you know, uh, by the way, a uh, shout out to the MMA lab. Great, great people. Ben Henderson, uh, a great, the uh, great coach, great mentor, a great leader over there. He he showcases. Uh, you know, it, it just shows. You know, it shows why he was a world champion, uh, big heart, hard worker. So it was very, it was an honor and a privilege to work with him. Uh, mm. I took him to my, uh, he came to my corner. He, he came in my fight. Um, that being said, you know, fighting uh, with no crowd was very, very interesting. You know what I mean? 
well, 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 definitely. And um, you, you, you touched on something there, which I just want to expand upon. You said it was very scary, given the protocols that were in place. I mean, do you want to just unpack that slightly? Were there any testing protocols, which you know, obviously, will be unpacked and expanded upon in this Saturday's card as well? I mean, what were the testing parameters? What were the testing? Um, well, what were the testing um, that was actually put in place for your actual bout? Well, that I should do. Well, the testing was just it was just it was just precautious. Like uh, it was uh, X amount of people can show up in the arena. It, it was just mostly they were taking the regulations about uh, the capacity of people, right? Right. In a, in, a, in in the in the same amount of in, in the space. So, I mean that that's the only precautious. That's the only precautious. But uh, infrared scan. Did you have that as well? Uh, sorry, repeat that. The, the infrared scan where they actually, um, well, they shine a red dot on your, your forehead. That's what it looks like. And that gives you a temperature readout. No, actually, no. Oh, no, wow. No, in Brazil, we did not receive that in Brazil. Okay, because that kind of like leads me on to something else, which I wanted to kind of unpack with you as well. Obviously, there's a car taking place this Saturday. Now, given the conditions, given the testing that um, Dana White has been talking about, and given the fact that we are basically, um, uh, depending on where you look at it, um, in the midst of a global pandemic, how comfortable would yeah. you have been to, if you were obviously fit, healthy and ready, to be fighting on this card? Yeah, of course. No, no, 100%. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, that's our job, right? Yeah. Uh, poli police officers go to the crime scene. Uh, nurses and doctors go to the hospital. Firemen go to inside the fire, and fighters go in there and they fight. We're not going to, I'm not going to hold, I'm, I'm not going to let a, a, a flu, of course, what's happening is very unfortunate to the world, and it's really causing a lot of uh, stress, and it's causing a lot of uh, fear and, you know, uh, uncertainty. But uh, as a fighter, I mean, I mean, the, our job is to go in there and fight, regardless of how you feel, right? So it's a, uh, it's a uh, for me personally, uh, if I was healthy and I was ready to go, I would, I would have done it, hundred percent. And how much of that is down to the fighter mentality, and that is fighters fight, and how much of that is, basically, you are doing this for a living, no fight, no pay. Correct. Correct. Exactly. So, so which one is it? Is it that the. the the, the thirst, the hunger to be competitive and to best yourself? Or is it mm -hmm. the fact that, look, if I don't fight, I don't get paid? Uh, well, no. Well, it's a big, I mean, money is a big motivation, but uh, obviously it's not just about the money. It's also, it's my, uh, it's my dream. It's been, it's been my goals since a kid, you know, uh, to, be, to be a high-level athlete and to be in the, one of the best organizations in the world and to fight, you know what I mean? Obviously uh, in, a, in, a, in a good, healthy state. You know, being healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. So, you know, obviously that 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 is the uh, objective. But uh, under the circumstances, of course, it's it's much uh, it's, it's very difficult. You know, to uh, to uh, it's, very, it's difficult. You know, to uh, most people. You know, it's it's mostly the people around you that are fearful. You know, it's like the family members. You know, the 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 parents, the the close friends, the the wives, the kids. Those are the the ones that kind of concern us the most. Because as a fighter, you know, if you don't have things, if you're not emotionally attached to things, you go out there more. So, so I give an example. Right when yeah. I was younger, mm. I would be very aggressive, very you know, I had nothing to lose. The older you get, the the older you get, you get more mature. You have people that you love around you. 
you know, that part plays, you know. So, like, when I was in Brazil, for example, I was more worried about, you know, my family, you know, my back at home, my parents, and how, you know, with close friends around me, you know. So that was my concern during going into a fight. And just sticking with Brazil, you know, as... um as recently as last week, Michael Bisping, your old friend Michael Bisping, was talking about the fact that you had um, you you you've got beef with him, or there there is there is beef between you and him, and he cited the uh, Fear the Fighter clothing range, which you were the CEO of, and um, I, I know that this story has been doing the rounds, and it'll be good to get your take on it, but just to get a bit of clarification as well, he was talking about the fact that a lot of fighters got stiffed, a lot of fighters didn't get paid, and um, to a certain extent, um, he was kind of displeased that um, you were part of it and he has beef with you because of that just first of all clarify and clear up this whole notion that you were responsible for taking fighters money but yeah see that's 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 one of the things where where it's kind of you know I watched my fight I saw the commentating and I, I can clearly in the, I can you know it's obvious that Michael Bisming has a grudge against me and you know the whole feet of fighter you know like I said in the past, uh, when I spoke, when I was on an interview with uh, Harold Hawani, mm. uh, you know, I was, on, it was an, um, see, I, 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 uh, I admit on my mistake where my mistake was, was, you know, I was focused on the training. I was focused on my career and, uh, and I let other people manage the business, manage the company. My name was on the paper, but I, like I said, you know, um, I never me personally was never involved with any type of business transactions. I was never involved with any type of, uh, you know, there was lawyers involved, there was managers involved. Everything was dealt through that. Right. And uh, and uh, I cleared my name in the past. Fear the fighter was, it's it's uh, fear the fighter. I have nothing to do with it. Some guy in Toronto is, uh, someone in Toronto took it over. Apparently, fear the fighter is still going strong. Apparently. I have no attachment to it. It was it was a flop. It's a, it was just one of those things where every any entrepreneur, you know, any anybody that in the business world understands that you know you, you try to you know you want to make financial moves, you try to do something smart. You like my intentions were good. It, it was unfortunate with the rumors, with all these uh, accusations, but. Uh, you know, again, like I said on the record, you know, on record, uh, you know, Michael Bisning, he he knows. He deep down inside, he understands, he knows that I had nothing to do with, I wasn't involved with anything. And all these are accusations. Like, there's no facts. There, there's, if anything was linked to my name, then I would understand his accusations. But these are all speculations. There's, there was nothing linked back to me. I, I never stole a dollar from anybody. Have you, um, had, have you had the opportunity? If, 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 if anything, if yeah. anything on, on the record, I put my own name on Jeopardy. I put my name on paper as one of the owners. And I also invested my own money savings and I also lost it. So just to, to clarify things, I was, I'm the person who got hurt the most from anybody. So a, a little bird tells me that uh, you had the opportunity or, or Michael Bisping had the opportunity to actually talk to you about this. You apparently saw him face to face. I mean, just describe that, that actual scenario. What happened there? 
Yeah, so I mean, I uh, multiple times I I, uh, I saw Michael Bisping in the hotel. I saw Michael Bisping. We were sitting in the bus together, and I was just waiting for him. You know, I looked him straight in the eyes. Uh, he saw me in the airport. We saw each other multiple times. He never came up to me. He never confronted me. All he does, all he does, he drinks a lot. All, all, all I saw was, was you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna call out. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Uh, fire some shots but uh, let's just say that you know he's a loud mouth he drinks a lot of alcohol he gets drunk and he talks loud and he likes the attention maybe he has a lot of insecurities maybe he likes to be you know he's on television he's a commentator but me personally i don't i don't know how to how he gets a job as commentating trying you know when it comes to the fighting business because uh he he clearly doesn't understand the fighting business he doesn't understand uh you know uh, he doesn't understand it's a game it's all about uh, hitting and not getting hit, playing defense, playing offense. There's so many things during the fight that a fighter has to do to, to win the fight. Either you go, you go out for the kill or either you play it safe and you win by a scorecard. You play the point game. There's so many different ways you can win a fight. You know what I mean? And for me, the most important thing at this, at this stage of my career is to, 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 be, to stay healthy, to have a longevity, and to have a brain where I can speak. You know, if you look at Michael Bisbee, you know, he took a lot of damages in his career. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, yeah. Yes, of course, he made it to the top. You know, I give him, I take my hats off him, you know. Uh, he made it, you know, it's very hard to make it to the top in the fighting business. He got a good name. He has a good name. He has a good, uh, you know, he has a good uh, reputation. Re reputation. Uh, that being said, I just, I told him, like, straight out, you know, if he won, if he had some beef or he had some type of uh, issues, he could have, he could have, came to me face to face so you know obviously uh, uh you know i was there multiple times he had that opportunity to, to to come talk to me and he never did so so that being said you know for me that just shows me his character you know i don't like hypocrites i don't like two-faced if you have a problem with me you should have spoken to me anybody that knows me i'm a straight up guy i don't uh, i'm you know i'm not perfect i make mistakes just like everybody else uh, I'm, I'm also a human being but uh uh, you know, I, I was—he was very disrespectful in the commentating, and so I had the—I uh, had to call him out on his commentating, which I believe that he does a horrible job. What was the specifics around the commentating that irked you, though? Because you know, to be to be perfectly honest, I mean, you and I sitting down and talking now on reflection, surely we're on the same page where we can both say that wasn't um, John Magnesi that we know and love. Um, yeah, well, 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 under the circumstances, yeah. you know, it, 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 regardless of, uh, you know, the Brazil fight, I had, a, I had an awesome training camp, I had a great training preparation, and in that fight, I just, uh, you know, I just didn't, I didn't, uh, I had to, I had to switch it up, you know, um, you know, with everything going on, with the whole, uh, you know, fighting for the first time, fighting with no audience, uh, I was worried about my family, worried about my health. Also, and also having an injury going into the fight, and uh, you know, just a lot of circumstances. But still, it's not an excuse. Uh, I'm not using that as an excuse. That f during that fight, uh, I played it. You know, I was playing more defense. You know, yes, yeah. I could have taken more. I could have been more aggressive, but I, I felt that I was doing good. You know, I wanted I wanted to him to get tired out. I was kicking him. I was kicking his leg. I was. Uh, I did a lot of. You know, he has strong. If you look at. Uh, Francisco Tonaldo, uh, he has uh, 
you know, every opponent he draw, you know, he has good power. He's a big 155er. So, so I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to uh, get him tired the first round and pick up the pace second and third round, which, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, we, we only have three, five minute rounds. If, if sometimes I wish we had more rounds. If we had more rounds, you know, it could have been, a, it could have uh, played out differently. So, okay, specifically then, what issue did you have with what Michael Bisping had to say about you? What was the thing that irked you? Oh, Michael Bisping was just in the commentary and he just kept on talking about how, uh, <clears throat> how uh, you know, John fears the fighter. You kept on saying fear the fighter. Ah. It, was, it was very, like, uh, insulting. He was trying to, like, minimally hidden messages. Like, I'm fearing the fight. Like, basically, he was saying I was fighting scared. Ah. And I wasn't fight, and I wasn't fighting scared. I was fighting intelligent, and uh, and I was anybody. You look at all high level athletes. Look, at, I'm a big boxing fan. Mm. See, the reason why you compare boxing Muay Thai is because these are ancient, legendary combat combative sports. These been boxing has been around for a hundred years. Muay Thai has been around for a long time. You look at the best boxers in the world are defensive fighters. They don't. They don't take damage. And mm. that's for me is a skill. Like people don't like the judges, the eyes don't see that. All they see is, oh, John is moving backwards and, and he's moving forward. But they don't see the slips, the 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 dodging, missing, minimize like every time he would every time he would kick me, I'm not saying that he didn't touch me, you know, from the, I, I take my hats off my opponent, a very tough opponent. I took all of his best shots. Uh, he was gassing out, he was he was, I made a miss a lot, you know, like making someone miss a lot for mm. me should be a point because the MMA needs to evolve. The judging needs to evolve. They have to see in all angles. You can't just look at it. You have to look at it at all angles. There's many times a fighter loses a, a judgment based on bias, based on, on three people that don't understand the fighting business, you know, like fully. You know, I, I appreciate defense. When a guy is in a triangle and he gets out of the triangle, that should be a mate, that should be a point. When a guy when a guy attempts to take down and the other guy blocks him or, or counters it, that should be a point. Yeah. When another when another guy throws a big haymaker and he misses him completely, that should be considered a point. This is this is this is not a street fight. We're not we're not street fighters. The judging, the audience, the people don't appreciate that, you know. And yeah, of course, to the naked eye it's not exciting of course people want to see i understand people want to see blood bad but sometimes you have to switch it up you know i wasn't feeling good my knee was completely torn up i got i wasn't uh, my my leg was was finished so i couldn't just if i if i just uh, if i was just trying to please the crowd <clears throat> you know look at michael Bisping for example how many times he gets knocked out how many times he got choked up how many times he got taken damage if you look at my record, you know, women lie, men lie, but numbers don't lie. Look at the numbers. <laughs> the, numbers the, num the numbers speak for itself. Yeah. Don't even listen to me. Just listen, look, at the, the, look at the stats. I have one of the highest defensive rates in the UFC. I got one of the highest takedown defenses. And I am, I am relatively one of the smallest 155ers. I never, I mean, I, I never fought a guy my size. And the guys, do, do I, my manager been for the, 10, for the past 10 years, my manager truly believes that I should cut to 145. And he says, you should be a 145, not a 155. But I choose, I don't believe, I don't want to take the shortcut. I don't want to take, uh, I don't want to go into a fight, like, you know, for size advantage. You know what I mean? It, so, like, yes, of course, I have losses. You know, of course, when you lose, 
you got on on a professional level yeah. it's a business it's a, it's a business right if you lose you don't make the same amount of money you have a you have a you have a losing record you know nobody wants a losing record as a professional fighter nobody wants to lose nobody wants to lose in life you know it's an ugly feeling a lot of setbacks a lot of failures you know so you know fear the fighter was a big failure it was a big setback you know i mm. was hurting until today my name was is tarnished because of that because i took the risk i put my faith and my trust in my teammates in my management in my business partners you know but as a fighter as a martial artist i'm true to my sport so so that being said it hurts me when you got guys like michael bisming calling me out ac- throwing accusations when his own manager probably screwed him his own manager probably lied to him because at the end of the day managers are doing the negotiations michael bisming did he ever talk to, you should you know you should do an interview with him and ask him michael did you ever directly gave your money to John McDessie? He was going to say no. Did you ever talk to John McDessie talking about any type of numbers? He was going to say no. Just because my name was on paper doesn't mean that I was stealing money and I was uh, and I was trying to uh, you know, I was trying to to uh, screw fighters over. So he just he's a he's a drunk frustrated old man wow. that wants to take off his wants to take his aggression on someone like me because he has no proof, you know what I mean? So so that's why I, I, you know, and he caught, and that's the, and that's the thing, and that's the thing, you know. Michael Bisming again, when clearing up the street of fighter thing, I got nothing to do with it. I was never a part of the business. I was never. I was just. I was the inspiration behind Fear the Fighter. Actually, I was the inspiration behind it. Uh, that's pretty much it. Wow. Well, you've dropped some serious bombs in just a, just a, just a short space of time. We've been talking. I mean, speaking of bombs. You're obviously going to want to make a massive impact when you come back. Does the possibility, does the um, attraction of fighting on somewhere like Fight Island appeal to you? What's your whole take on Fight Island? Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's very, I'm very, uh, you know, if the UFC, if they pull this off, uh, it's going to be the biggest, uh, it's only the best organization in the world. Every other organization it's pretty much canceled, so they're gonna. Uh, it's amazing. It's a. It's a. It's a great opportunity for the UFC, and it's a great opportunity for the fighters. And uh, you know, that's a, that 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 reminds me of like Mortal Kombat when all the fighters go to a Pacific island and they fight each other. That's a, that's a crazy. If you really think about it, you know, a, a fantasy turning into a reality. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, your fantasy island turning into fight actual reality island yeah i love that love the concept you know in terms of uh matchups though i like to fancy myself as a as a fantasy matchmaker you know who i feel would be a really nice matchup would be a nice um nice clash for you and that's mark diacasey you fancy that uh who mark diacasey Mark Casey? Yeah. I'm not familiar I'm not familiar with him. He's a quite a flamboyant striker from the UK and um have a look at some of his fights because your styles, considering that you're predominantly stand-up, he's predominantly stand-up, I think that would be fireworks. And that would be the type of thing because Dana's talking about, you know, Fight Island being for those predominantly based in this part of the world, but trying to get international matchups together. That, I think, might be a fire matchup. So once we finish, have a look at Mark Diacasey. I just feel that clash might be a good one. 
Yeah, I mean, sounds good. <laughs> send me, send me after we after we finish the interview. Send me his uh, information. I'll I'll uh, I'll take a look and we can try to hit hit each other up on Twitter. Sounds like, sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Just before you go, I, I'm intrigued. Obviously, um, the headline for Saturday has got some massive ramifications. Obviously, for you and the rest of your division. So, first off, just. Your, your thoughts about both men. I mean, let's focus first on um, Ferguson. Yeah, well, Tony Ferguson, obviously, you know, that's what they call him, the boogeyman. You know, mm. He's one of those guys where you, you have to find the kryptonite for the boogeyman. And, uh, <laughs> to, Tony, Tony is obviously, is a, is a mental, it's all, it's all mental, you know. If you, look at, if you look at his philosophy, you look at his way of training, the way he does things, you know, him, him it's a mindset. So this guy is uh, very uh, mentally strong. And obviously, he has he believes in his system. When when the fighter has a good belief system, he's unbreakable. You know what I mean? And and he shows it over and over again that he's unbreakable. I take my hats off him. This is why he's one of the top fighters. So and 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 uh, Gaethje, Justin uh, Gaethje, yeah. You know, Gaethje is uh, you know, is I respect him a lot. He's a tough tough opponent for for Tony Ferguson. But I will give it. I will give uh, the the edge to Tony Ferguson. Right, just out yeah. of interest. I mean, considering he's a big, he's a big, he's a big one fifty five. Yeah, mean, I saw, I saw this guy in real life. Like honestly, I won't lie to you. Like that's why my manager is like, he's like John, you should try to cut to one forty five. He's like, <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not about, it's, it's not an ego thing. It's not a tough. It's not about who's more tougher. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it just, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Like this guy, like if you look at Tony Ferguson, this guy looks like a Walter away. Like he looks like a he. If he has a body frame of a middleweight if he puts on muscle mass, if he puts on weight, but he cuts to 155. Mm. This guy, is, he's a big 155-er. He's very awkward, very... He uses all of his body. He does not, you know, he, he's not there. He's not there to look pretty. He's not there to look clean. He's not there to, to, to be a technical fighter. Yeah. And, 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 and Gaethje, you know, Gaethje is, you know, obviously a, a tough guy. He's also... Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure what's his height or what's his reach, but uh, Tony Ferguson is a big 155. You know, he's a big 155. You know, at the end of the day, when you have the size advantage, it does play a major role because I I, I experienced it. You know, I neglected. Uh, you know, I used to always be the one. I was very stubborn. I would be like, you know what? Fuck the size. Who gives a fuck? Those guys are pussies. Yeah. You know. They don't want to. They want to cut weight so they can have a size advantage. And <laughs> and I and, and I and I'm and I'm the guy. I'm like fuck. You know what? Shit. Size does matter. And uh, these guys, uh, you know, fighting bigger guys than you. It's it's it, it's uh, you know. It's not. It's not that it, it's not possible to win. It's just it's just makes things harder for you to to win a fight when a guy has good reach advantage and and he's able to he's able to utilize his size advantage. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I'm with you when you say that, you know, Tony Ferguson is um, going to be having his hand raised, but I'm surprised you've not talked about the come forward and aggressive style of Justin Gaethje. That does pose a problem in my mind. No, no, of course, of course. But here's the thing, right? Mm. Gaethje has power. Gaethje comes forward. Yeah. But, but the thing is, the thing is, Tony is a complete fighter. Tony is able to hit backing up. He's able to move. He's able to. He's able to. If you look at his fights, you know he's uh, he he's he's like see the Mexican. See if you look at Mexican fighters in general. Yeah. They're like they're like they're like rubber. They're they they uh, they're very uh, they absorb they they absorb shots very well. Tony yeah. 
he takes damage very well. He, he he's able to roll with the punches. You know, if you look at his fights, he's just he's just like a rubber. You know, he's just, he's just like, you know, you know from that. You know uh, what's that guy's name from the Fantastic Four? Uh, Mister uh, Fan- Mister Fantastic. Yeah, the guy with the elastic, and he's able just yeah. to. Uh, yeah, he, he's like him, man. He's like tall, <laughs> lanky, and he's able to uh, take shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is yeah. incredible. Well, we haven't got long to wait until we actually see what plays out. And hopefully we won't, we won't have long to wait until you're back in action. John, it's been incredible speaking with you. Oh, just before you go, um, how did you spend your birthday? And again, happy birthday to you. Uh, thank you, brother. Uh, just very, just home, relaxing with the family. Just nothing crazy, obviously. Staying home, staying healthy. Yeah. Uh, trying to stay away from anything public. Just just keeping, uh, staying safe in a sense of uh, hope. You know, hoping to God every day this this thing clears out. You know, it's very unfortunate how uh, how you know uh, how a flu. You know, if you really think about it, if you break it down, a, a, a bacteria. Yeah. How a bac- how a bacteria actually uh, how it, it holds the whole planet in in hostage. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. It it definitely has. You know, the uh, the whole world in a chokehold. I mean, literally. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I'm hoping. Uh, hopefully, things get better. John McDessy, it has been incredible catching up with you. And uh, as I say, hopefully it won't be too long before we see you back in the Octagon. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys will see me very soon back in action. My brother, thank you for that.